Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Receive, what was up your sleeve? Or- I don't know, what's up yours? We are not What? We are not good, Chef. No. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Why the f*** do I watch this game? One of the local writers, Adam Hoagie, or Hog, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. From CHGO, it's Adam Hogue. Hey, George. Hi, Adam. Uh, And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Adam Johns, go ahead. Hey, Matt, how how you doing? Um, Coach Dicker versus a hurricane. Who would win? Dicka, Dicka. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The name of the hurricane is Hurricane Dicka. Here they are, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Hogan Johns with you on another Tuesday edition of the podcast. Still picking up the pieces from an epic collapse in Detroit. And some big picture conversations we like to do on these Tuesday shows a lot. We thought it was time for another Bears Beat reporter round table. So we are bringing in Chris Emma from 670 The Score and Marquis, Zach Pearson from Bear Report, Dion Miller from ABC7. And of course, you can hear on the Bears flagship on Sundays as well on pregame. Guys, how's everyone doing? Everyone, uh, let's start with the hat. Dion, anybody watching on YouTube? (laughs) This is, I don't know if I'm getting trolled right now or what's happening. I know it's a big week for you. And the rest, just so you guys know, the rest of us don't care (laughs) and and don't just, just get out of here. Listen, lies. Everyone cares. Jim Harbaugh is got everyone's attention right now. So a lot of people are going to be tuning in. And just giving my Buckeyes a little extra oomph this week. That's all. That's all. Okay. How many scouts do you think the Bears are, are sending to, to to this one? Best receiver in the game, an right. intriguing quarterback for Michigan. I know Harbaugh's not there. That's another conversation. But right. I think the big question is, are you going to the game, John? <laughs> no, <laughs> it seems I, like one of your assignments. It does. No, I couldn't get in. I couldn't get in. I tried. Did you really? Yes. Yes. Um, They're not letting you in? No, there's it's a packed place. This game is like a, it's almost like a national championship. But mm-hmm. the plan is to go to the Big Ten championship that, that is on the agenda for uh, part time scout Adam Johns. OK, well, you'll get to see Marvin Harrison there then. Wait, the game's in Columbus, right? No, Ann Arbor. Oh, it's in Ann Arbor. OK, mm-hmm. that press box is a little bit smaller, I think. Trying to remember. I've definitely yeah, been to Columbus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Zach Pearson, Chris Emma also here as well. Uh, guys, how's it going? Good. No Ohio State thoughts, no Michigan thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Although, Chris, I'm assuming that's our special this week that we're going to have to figure out at some point. So maybe yeah. I do care. Maybe I do care a little bit. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll get there. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, um, uh, Johns, I know you wanted to start with some Justin Fields talk some big yeah, pictures so we, sorry chris we have to talk about an ohio state quarterback <laughs> <laughs> um let, let's start with this L- let me read you his stats all right so like like this is his numbers this season seven games 
62.7 completion percentage. He's averaging 195.7 passing yards per game. He's got a 93.3 passer rating. That is good enough for 13th in the league right now. But if you adjust that to QBR, he has a 44.9 for 24th, right after Jordan Love, like right after Jordan Love. So when you just look at the numbers and you think about that word consistency, which has been thrown mm-hmm. around a lot about the Bears, like are, are those numbers good enough for you guys? I mean, it's it can get the job done, right, with a complete team, with that dominant defense that you envision and the strong, complete offensive line and playmakers at receiver and, you know, that ground-and-pound running game, but they don't have that yet. They're still in year two of a rebuild that needs at least another year and at least another offseason to really get ideally where you want it to be. Um, so you got to make that decision, right? You got a very important and franchise-altering decision coming this offseason, and I want to see what comes in these last now six games. You saw, I think it was a check mark in the box for uh, Sunday in Detroit. I thought he played well, gave them a chance to win. Certainly. I mean, they should not have lost that game period, but he, he did what you wanted. You saw the offense was set to him. That first drive was moving pockets. It was getting him on the run. They knew they had opportunities to take advantage. Like that was the Justin Fields you wanted to see. And you want to see still in these final six games. I don't want to write anything off. I still see it as an incomplete evaluation for me right now. I want more of that offense. I want that similar scheme that fits Justin Fields. I want to see him continue to thrive like this, but most importantly for me, win games. Like, And I know mm-hmm. it wasn't on him on Sunday, but like you still have not seen that decisive drive, that 75-yard drive where you get downfield and Justin Fields is getting them to the end zone. Like, I want one or two of those moments here down the stretch, and I want to see him be the reason why the Bears are winning games. But, see, I think he's had enough opportunity to be consistent and to be that guy, and he hasn't shown it, and nothing breaks my heart more than that. I mean, I want Justin Fields to succeed. Hello. Like, that's that would be incredible. And what you described, Emma, is if he's on a perfect team, yeah, he could. those numbers would be higher, but he plays for the Bears. So he's got to be the difference maker, and he hasn't been. And when you see a guy like C.J. Stroud, I hate to just keep comparing him to that, but when you see a quarterback come into the league and be the reason that the Texans are winning games and then you've given Justin two seasons and, yes, not a great team around him, but at the same time you've given him opportunity to make those numbers better, to help them win more games, and and he hasn't done that. I feel like he's had enough time. It, it's almost been too long for us to keep saying it's still incomplete. Yeah, I agree with both of you guys. Like, I look at it, it's a good start to the final six or seven games here. At the same time, you still want to see, like, that game-winning drive. Like, you still want to see him put it together. Now, it wasn't all his fault at the end. You know, Darnell Wright on, on one of the best pass rushers in the game. Just He just got beat. It's going to happen. Um, but 33 fumbles, 34 games, that's a little concerning for me. Um, it's just been kind of been up and down for him in, in his Bears career. Now, not all of it's his fault. I mean, I think he really wasn't in the best situation year one. Um, year two, you know, new offense, learning all of that. And then year three, another injury, um, just as he was starting to kind of peak. I, I keep going, like, I don't want to look too far ahead, but there's a lot of factors because, you know, GMs rarely get the chance to pick number one and take a quarterback. And they didn't take a quarterback last year, and they might be at number one this year. Like, that factors into it as well. Um, you know, I want Justin Fields to succeed. I think the best-case scenario is he leaves no doubt. He's the guy. Um, and the Bears can either trade that pick, take Marvin Harrison, um, do what they want. 
Um, but yeah, he's just got to leave no, you know, no doubt at all for me, the final six games here. So I think, and, and that's a good point, Zach, because I, I, I know we all want to talk in absolutes, like decisions have been made. And the reality is like, I'm not even sure decisions going to be made mm-hmm. once we get past week 18, mm-hmm. because, you know, we've been having fun on the show about John's covering college football now instead of the bears. But the reality is he's, he's, he's doing it because that's what the bears got to be doing right now. They, they have to be looking at these other quarterbacks available and then compare them to what they have with Justin Fields, but also what else they might be able to get with that draft capital. Because I can tell you right now, if they end up with a number one pick from Carolina, they're going to be in the same type of conversation we had last year, mm-hmm. except the, the ransom they could get for that pick could be even more than they got last year when they got DJ Moore and a first-round pick because of the quarterbacks available this year. So that's the sum of the parts, right? It's do you want Justin Fields, potentially another first-round pick, potentially, I don't know, let me just throw out a random name here. Like, what if the Raiders are willing to give you Max Crosby for that first pick because they don't have a quarterback? You know, something like that. The sum of the parts there still could be better than taking a chance on a rookie quarterback who, yes, might look amazing on college film, but you don't know. And as we've seen so many times here in Chicago, we don't know what it looks like until you get to the NFL. And that's where I just, I don't feel like this evaluation is over. And I don't feel like those decisions are, are over that. And that's why I think these last six games really do matter guys. But don't you think that if we get to week 18 and it still feels incomplete, that that's your answer. Like, isn't that it? Isn't that, isn't that the moment where you say, okay, we have to go a different direction because this is about production and, and about winning and they're not, and he's not. And I know it, it can't be all his fault, but for a GM that's been so transparent with us who wants to win, I think that that would be his answer. I really do. And the other thing I throw in too here is we've seen Justin Fields be better this year. Like he's been better with a supporting cast. You know how high his floor is to a degree now, but it's how high is that ceiling? How much better can he be? And look, the Bears have scouts out there on the road. They're looking at these quarterbacks. Ryan Poles mm-hmm. is starting to form his evaluations and opinions. They're going to get into this offseason now. they got weeks to months of these meetings and discussing really the quarterback future as a whole. You got to put this of what is Justin Fields now versus what he can be, and what is the upside of somebody like a Caleb Williams or Drake May or down the list of these quarterbacks? Like anybody you're going to evaluate, what are you looking for at that position? Like, and how good does Justin Fields need to be uh, to, to say we're going to stick with him versus we want to make a move to somebody else here? I think it is important to know too that Ryan Poles, this isn't his guy. This isn't the guy that he drafted, and oftentimes there is an inherent bias that comes with this. Now, Ryan Poles is stuck with Justin Fields this past offseason. He didn't believe in the quarterbacks that were there, and he kind of punted on that decision. There's some really good options in this draft right now, and it's something to consider. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it comes down to, do you think, you know, Caleb Williams, Drake May, do you think, like Emma said, are, are they going to be the prospects that a lot of people think they are? Can they elevate your team? Um, you know, what offensive system is going to be here next year, too? That's kind of mm-hmm. another moving piece. Like, will there be other changes um, yeah, there's, there's a lot going into it. And, you know, despite the bears being what three and eight, there's still like a lot of storylines surrounding this team. Like a lot of players need to, you know, play well, um, the coaches as well. Um, you know, a lot can happen, but yeah, I, I have to see more personally. Um, I, like I said, I like Justin incredible kid, um, you know, has the talent for me. I just, I just have to go back to, I, just, I feel like he has to leave no doubt at all. If there's any doubt, I think it's just going to be, all right, it's over. <laughs> So he had 
18 carries against the Lions. Um, 14 of them were, well, design runs, QB sweeps, or read options. Like, but that that's a lot of carries. Obviously, at the long scramble, and that's what you want to see. The Bears have never told him not to scramble. That's what makes him so exciting, so dynamic, such such a threat, right? That that ability to to scramble and gain so many yards. But is that sustainable? Like, do do you think that the Bears can continue to to use him that way, or does he eventually have to settle in the pocket? And and, and I know this is a complicated discussion, but quarterbacks can't run, at least in my opinion, can't run the ball nearly 20 times a game. Like, but this is what might happen over the final six weeks. Like, is that sustainable to, to you guys? I mean, I think for me, it's not about the numbers as much as just the consistency of, of the plan and having those moving pockets. You saw that in that game in Washington in early October where they were really running with, or putting him on the move to set up the passing attack. Like, that's what I want more of. And however many times he rushes, I think that's fine. I, I'm, I don't have a, a too low or too high number. Obviously, you want to maximize that. But I think Justin Fields was at his best this year, really, that two-game stretch in October when he was moving to set up the passes and then you're getting these opportunities and he was really confident with it. Like he was processing quickly on the movement. So, you know, I got Cole commits right there in the end zone. Bang, hit him. DJ Morris got an opening like that kind of thing. I, that's what I want to see more of throughout these final six games with him. And that's what Justin Fields is really at his best. Yeah. I, I don't know if you can sustain that the entire career. Um, I was kind of just looking back, trying to think about the injuries he he did suffer in his career so far and how many of them, you know, were passing, how many of them were him taking off. Um, but like watch, even watching against Detroit, like going back and looking at the film um, and, and seeing the moves he makes like in the open field or getting out of the pocket, it's just, it's still so impressive to me um, that he can, that he can do that. And, you know, he makes guys miss. Um, he stops at a dime and then is kind of gone. Um, and it's definitely, you know, a big asset to his game. But I think eventually you still have to be a passer in this league. Um, you know, quarterbacks that can pass well are going to be are going to be among the best in the league. So, yeah, I mean, if he could figure that out and have both, I mean, it'd be even better for the Bears. I watched the rewatched the fourth quarter last night again because the Super Bowl rematch wasn't entertaining enough for me. But I wanted to see what I wanted to see the mark change, right? Because after he scrambled for 29 yards and he gets up and he's dancing, and, I, and you thought that's the confident Justin Fields that you want to see. And then to just watch him get deflated and and the whole team get deflated so quickly, it was just it was depressing. And I feel like we've seen more of that than not. And it felt like they changed what they, like they suddenly played scared and and he played like, I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose. And then of course they lose. And it just, I feel like, I don't know that it's sustainable that he's able to run that much, but I think he's going to be willing to put his body through whatever he has to, to help this team win. And, and that's kind of the direction that he's going to go to. I think as his career goes on, he'll settle into probably more of a passer than a runner, depending on how physically he can keep up with it. But I think at this point, I don't, I, I know that 18 carries in one game is too, it feels like too many. Um, but I don't think for him, he's thinking of it that way at this point, he's just trying to whatever he can do to move the offense forward. So let me, let me read some split stats for, for, for all of you. If, if, like the next step is we need to see you excel as a passer in well those key moments those crucial moments right like those absolute must pass situations. So on third downs just just this season, 
Justin Fields is 29 for 51. That's a 56.9 completion completion percentage. That's three. He's passed for 371 passing yards, five touchdowns, four interceptions, 79.8 passer rating with eight sacks for minus 40 yards. He's also run 14 times for 102 yards, gaining eight first downs. Trailing this season. When Justin Fields is trailing, he is 64 for 107 for nearly a 60% completion percentage, 693 yards, five touchdowns, five interceptions, 75.0 passer rating, 13 sacks, minus 85 yards. He's run 31 times for 147 yards for one score and nine touchdowns when trailing. Um, When trailing with two minutes to go this season, 16 for 13, 46.2 completion percentage, 60 yards passing, four first downs, two interceptions, 20.2 pass rating, two sacks. When trailing four minutes to go, eight for 17, 47.1 completion percentage, 70 yards, four first downs, three interceptions, 18.9 pass rating, two sacks. Like when you hear those numbers, mm-hmm. like what? I mean, what's going through your mind, Deanne? Let's start with you when, when I'm reading those off. Well, well is, uh, those are some numbers. <laughs> that was a lot of numbers. And that was, a lot, that was numbers. a lot of numbers. <laughs> but it sounded to me like he was, um, obviously, they get worse as he's trailing later in the game. And, and it feels like we're talking about a quarterback who doesn't know how to respond in those moments. He doesn't know how to finish, doesn't know how to win, which is what we saw on, on Sunday that, and it's not just on Justin Fields, but it's, he's surrounded on a team that doesn't know how to complete a game and to be a difference maker when it counts. You can't hand him the ball, hand him the ball with less than a minute to go and say, we need you to go 75 yards and believe he can do it. And that's that to me is part of that evaluation that they're looking at. And I know that's not all of his fault. It can't be. But at the same time, he's the leader of that team. He's supposed to be that guy. I mean, how many tweets did we see last year? He is him. Good Lord, I could roll my eyes like maybe he isn't. And those numbers feel like he isn't. Yeah, it's tough because like going back to like the learning how to win stuff, I I like, I don't know. I, I see both sides of it. Um, I think last year there's probably a better argument. Yeah. Like tanking was probably better, but then like, that means this year you have to close out games. You have to win games and they're really not doing that. Um, and, and that's kind of an issue. Like, you know, like Dan said, it, eventually you have to do it. Um, and you know, it isn't all his fault. I, I just felt like Sunday watching him in Detroit when they got the ball back, I thought there was zero shot. They're going to win that game. I, I something was going to happen. They weren't gonna be able to put it together. Um, it just kind of felt like everything was just going downhill. And that's kind of a theme with this team. Whether it's Justin or not, when things go bad like this, they go bad. They snowball. You know, they they missed the, the deep ball shot to Tyler Scott, which was a good throw. Looked like he kind of just slowed down on the route a little bit. Um, and then from there, it was pretty much just all over. So I, I need to see more from Justin. I do think we get those flashes, um, you know, especially he did, did make some good third – down throws in that game. He's made good third third down throws um, in his career. I think it has to be more consistency in that area. Well, the other thing too to consider is when you're in these four minute and two minute spots, like that's pure pocket passing right there. That's yeah. drop back, go through your progressions, make quick decisions, especially importantly in the game. 
and thrive within the course of your progressions there. And that's not really what Justin's been as a quarterback. Like we heard him say, I'm, I'm too robotic when I'm trying to be the pocket passer. Like he knows, and the Bears know what makes Justin Fields at his best. You can't really run that kind of balanced offense in those four minute and two minute situations. And I think that's an evolution of Justin that you want to see over the course of, I mean, you'd like to see it now, obviously, but like that has to be the next evolution is becoming that more prolific pocket pass where that is a part of your game. And when you are down by a touchdown late, you're able to drive these guys and sit back there and bang, 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 you're getting downfield and, and setting up a chance of victory there. And it's not there yet with Justin and the bears have tried to make it happen. They've tried to set him up to be that kind of pocket passer there. And it just, they need that kind of balanced attack and they need him to have those moving pockets and they're just not good at playing from behind. That's the other thing we mentioned too. Dion, you said it. It's like, they don't have the talent around them yet. This is a team that beats itself so often. And mm-hmm. heck, I mean, you got a chance. I know it wasn't a good chance of 29 seconds left on Sunday, but your number 10 overall pick gets beat bad in that spot. Like it's going to happen, but it just seems to happen so often with these Bears. And uh, Justin's not been put in the best position to be successful. His teammates have let him down in a lot of these spots. You look back at last year for that example, but it also falls on him to some degree too. And all those numbers that John's mentioned, like that's kind of a reflection of it. You should see CJ Stroud's numbers in those same situations. Yeah, I, I don't want to. Like, I'll just give you a, like a quick like like third down pass rating. CJ Stroud this year one hundred six point five. Mm-hmm. Uh, when trailing passer rating, <laughs> this is CJ Stroud's numbers. Like this is what I'm like. I I think Justin feels like he wasn't the reason the Bears lost in Detroit. I think he was good enough to win, but. Yeah. I don't think the Bears should be afraid to draft a quarterback either if they feel like Drake May or Caleb Williams can be better than Justin Fields in the long run. Like, when trailing, C.J. Stroud, this year as a rookie, for a team that's, what, middle of the pack? Mm-hmm. 66.1 completion percentage. Nearly 1,500 yards passing. 10 touchdowns. Zero interceptions. <laughs> 111.3 passer rating. Is he the new Mahomes now where like what, what Mahomes was for pace? Is that CJ Stroud gonna be that for polls oh, now? Which, like, you could have had that well, guy. Like so yeah, so here's my follow-up to all that. Your numbers you listed on fields and then what you just brought up some with numbers. Stroud. Those are some numbers. Um if Ryan Poles couldn't identify in last year's draft that CJ Stroud right. was better than Justin Fields, what gives you any confidence they're going to be able to identify the quarterback this year that's better than Justin yeah, Fields? I, I think yeah. that's like the, mm-hmm. the next part of this conversation where I wanted to go. Like, say you make the decision, the Bears make the decision to move on from Justin Fields. Who's involved in the evaluation of the next quarterback? Like, who would you want to be involved in that? Is that Matt Eberflus? Is that Luke Getze? Zach, what do you do if you move on from Justin Fields? Yeah, um, well, I mean, are you going to move on from Matt Eberflus? Like, I I personally, I think he's gone unless he can Mm -hmm. win these next six games and and completely turn it around. Um, I mean, we're talking like 0-9 in the NFC North. Mm Six and what twenty-two overall. There's just, I mean, there's been improvement in some areas. Like, yeah, you got to give them credit. The run defense has improved over the past couple of weeks. It's also not like 1993 or 1994 where it's a run-heavy league at times. Um, you know, they've hit that hit been hit with injuries, things like that. I just, I, I don't think he'll survive. Um, so yeah, you're gonna have to redo it all over again. You know, we did this two years ago, and 
I think you have to pair up that quarterback with the head coach and bring in the offensive system. I think that's very important. Um, but yeah, it's just it's, it's disappointing that you have to go through this again if that's what they decide to do. Um, you know, as far as the evaluation, you know, I agree, Adam. Like, what makes you confident that he picks the right one between Caleb Williams and Drake May? Like, I mean, we look at last year and Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. I think the Bears would have taken Bryce Young. I don't think they would have taken CJ Stroud mm-hmm. at all, even though, you know, Luke Getzey kind of had that interesting uh, comment of like being more of a, a, something like a pocket passer or passer in this league with Stroud. Yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of question marks. And I, I guess you just have to trust Ryan Poles. Um, you know, Darnell Wright looks like a big hit in the first round. But then again, there's been a couple of misses in the draft as well, which is normal. But this is a very, very important draft for him. So I, I guess we just have to trust what he can do. Because the Bears put this all together backwards, it makes it so yeah. complicated. It's so complicated. It, I mean, never mind like all of the losing. I don't know if I can handle another season of Matt Eberflus, a wonderful human being, yes. But the robotic answers and the, it, it just, it feels like we're not all watching the same game. Like it's just so frustrating and infuriating to listen to. And I can't, I can't imagine Kevin Warren and even Ryan Poles are sitting there feeling like this is the head coach we want when you also have the juxtaposition of what Dan Campbell looks like and how he's gotten his team to win and the way that he talks in such a natural and comfortable way. I mean, Iberflus just feels like he's uncomfortable. And yeah, I would be too. I've won six games in two seasons. Like it's not been good. I'd be uncomfortable too. But because of the way that this the Bears have built themselves, I think if you have whoever's involved in who they're going to draft has to be a new head coach. Does that mean there's a new offensive coordinator? There's just, I feel like it's just so complicated right now that it's hard to think who's going to be making that decision. And we still don't know what Kevin Warren feels about the way this leadership looks and operates and what he feels is moving them in the right direction towards winning. Yeah, that's all well said. I completely agree. Look, it, I don't think there's a case to make for Eberfuss, period. I mean, 6-22 and 22 at this point speaks for itself. You mentioned the offer in the division, et cetera, et cetera. But if you are changing over at quarterback, and you know you're going to be drafting some. If you have the number one pick or number two pick, and it's pretty clear you're going to be going for that quarterback and you're parting ways with Justin Fields, you absolutely positively cannot come back with a lame duck coaching staff. And the Bears have done this now twice in the last decade. I mean, you saw it with John Foss taking over with Mitch Trubisky and a a coaching regime that was trying to save itself and putting the quarterback really kind of holding his, his development hostage in that regard. And then obviously in 21 with Matt Nagy, you knew that was going to be a really uphill battle for Nagy to save his job. And you got a rookie Justin Fields coming in there being put in a terrible situation to grow because the coaching staff was looking out for itself. Don't make this mistake again. Yeah. Like any franchise should know that, but especially one that's done it twice now over the last decade, you cannot make this mistake. And, if you're in this position now and you know you're getting that new quarterback, you're drafting somebody, get somebody to draft and develop him and see through his development with a clean slate. Yeah, I I, I think the head coach and quarterback has to be paired here. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, if they if they keep Eberflus, then I, I'm I'm not saying you absolutely have to keep Fields. I mean, you base that again based on some of the offers that you might get for the pick and what you might get for Justin, but to to put to keep. Flus and then go draft a rookie quarterback and just repeat the cycle all over again when it, it that that would just honestly that would be very disappointing considering the new leadership with Kevin Warren because that would be a, that would be an enormous red flag that either he 
doesn't identify the problems that have existed here for now over a decade, if not more, or, you know, he's just kind of falling into the same culture that just sort of exists like he doesn't there. see it as a problem. Yeah, right, I, and right. that would be extremely alarming if they oh. went down that ex- that same exact road. I just don't see how, with everything Kevin Warren promised and said when he took the job, that that could even be something that they consider. But then again, it's the Bears, and they do oh, things backwards. It, it goes back to hiring Kevin Warren after hiring Ryan Poles. Yeah. And Eddie was like, hey. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's... Like, and restructuring it and, and yeah. restructuring yeah. the year before and then putting it right back to how it was after finding Kevin Warren. I mean, just thought that's that still boggles my mind. No, I will under I can I can have some grace and space for the fact that change is hard. Yes, I understand that. And and the McCaskies had the same person in Ted Phillips in charge for a long time. And so they're adjusting to something new. But what did they say when they hired Kevin Warren? He's always the smartest guy in the room. So, dear God, please tell me he's seeing what everybody else is seeing and that they need a change. Yeah, I mean, I hope so too. Like, it's just, it just feels like just it's organizational failure year after year after year. Like, even going back to when you were talking about the quarterbacks, like not being able to um, complete game-winning drives. I feel like that's just been happening for years now. Like, they're just getting their own way. Um, yeah, I don't know. I again, I like, I don't really see a scenario. Um, I don't see George getting up there and saying, "Yeah, you know, Matt." has the guys playing hard or anything like that. Like, like we kind of heard with the whole Nagy and, and Ryan Pace thing. Um, yeah, oh, I can I, definitely see that happening. Oh no, I can, I can see it happening. I just hope it doesn't happen. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I just, I just Wait, happen. you're talking about like another collaboration coming yeah, up? Exactly. Oh. <laughs> Still finding out the whys. And I can't do another one. Of those. Oh, no, <laughs> no, no. We're collaborating. Make it right stop. <laughs> let, let me give you all a hypothetical here. So there's six games left. Let's say they go. Some and some of these games are very winnable. If they play as well as they did against the Lions, they're going to win some of these games. The Bears go three and three. Defense is playing well. Justin Fields is is kind of doing what he's doing. Like he's good, not great, but good. What would you say to the scenario where everybody comes back in twenty twenty four, where Eberflus is back, Getzi's back? Justin Fields is back, and they use those top two picks for other positions, or they trade out of one again. Like, what would you say to that scenario where everybody's back? No. I mean, it it, no. it it comes down to that week eighteen in Green Bay, right? I mean, the Bears value those wins against the Packers. It sets up for beating a, a bad Packers team at Lambeau and putting their stamp on progress. I don't know. It's don't, don't fall in that trap. They're going to lose yeah. to the Packers. They yes, always do. They are. Well, they are. There, there's your press conference, Hoke. George goes out the next day. Well, we beat Green Bay. We are, what, 1-11? Yeah, here's the thing. It literally might come down to that game yeah. where, like, George makes it's a, a problem, decision. Like, I, no, I know, but Green it Bay might. Stinks. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I just – I want to believe in Kevin Warren that he – look, he's been working hard since April, since he officially came into that job. And even before that, when he got hired in January – We've heard of like interviewing every single person in the organization, getting input on what the Bears need. I think there's going to be significant changes this offseason, and not just coaching, not just quarterback, whatever it is, like gutting a lot of that organization. He understands, and he's gotten a crash course in Bears incompetence this season, like in so many ways. It's just been there. Any shiny example of what's gone wrong, Ken Warren's there with his notebook, like, okay, this needs to change that. Like, it's going to be a big offseason. How many I don't notebooks think, do you think he has? But I just. <laughs> I don't see any way in which you're coming back with continuity. And even if you do go three and three, that's six and 11. 
God, and it's double your win total from last year, but it still is a terrible season. I just I don't see it. Uh, if they do it, if they were to get to that point, sure, you're just kind of punting to the next offseason and seeing if maybe you can string it all together in year three. But I just I can't envision it, and I want to believe Kevin Warren's better than that. I want to believe he sees there's a lot of change that needs to happen and happen right away. I think that I would I would literally like I would be stunned. I, I don't think there's any scenario where everybody comes back. I, I really don't. I remember when Ryan Poles talked to us at the trade deadline and he heaped all that praise on Matt Eberflus. And the one line, though, that was missing from that was, but this is a production based business and we have not won enough to justify him staying in that position, which is exactly what I think he will echo in January when they make that coaching change. I, I believe that as much as we say Justin Fields' evaluation is incomplete, I think the head coaching evaluation has already been done. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that too. I, I think a lot was thought of that's a big vote of confidence. Like The question was directly asked about how Flus has led this team, and he had, mm-hmm. gave an answer about leadership. But like you said, Dion. There is no true vote of confidence. That wasn't a prepared statement saying, Matt Eberflus is my guy. We're ready right. to move forward. I believe in our direction. He gave an answer to a question that he was asked, and it was a very kind of vague answer. Like, Poles knows. I mean, he's drafted these guys. He's put a lot of pieces there, and you've not seen wholehearted development. You've not seen even individuals really kind of shine. That A lot of the players that Poles have brought in have not made those significant strides mm-hmm. that he's seen. Flus's calling card was supposed to be player development. You've not seen enough of it so far. It'd be six and eleven with still some big red marks on it. Like the week one loss to Green Bay, flat out embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, two coaches fired in season, let go. One mm-hmm. fired, one gone. Um, you know the whole Chase Claypool thing. Um, you know Matt Eberflus, the press conferences. I don't know how much red marks those are, but like <laughs> the accountability stuff, the the point to games where we lost as, as a pot, like that stuff. I, I, I can't imagine sits too well. Um, I just don't see it happening because you go into next year and it's like you have a chance now. You can just reset everything, the infrastructure, all that stuff. You can reset it. You waste another year. I mean, what does that do? I, the chances of Matty Rufus and the Bears making the playoffs next year are probably not very good. Um, probably better than this year, but yeah. You're saying reset everything. Mm-hmm. QB, coach, coordinator. Yes. Yeah. 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 The entire coaching staff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that if you're going to go down a, a road of drafting a quarterback, you have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and also a scenario that would be okay with me personally is if you go, like let's just hypothetically because they just played the Lions, you go out and you hire Ben Johnson. And if Ben Johnson says, I want to keep Justin Fields over these rookies, I would be okay with that. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, if, if that's his evaluation and, and to see what he's done to help resurrect Jared Goff's career, that's a scenario I'm okay with. Um, but the idea of on the flip side is keeping the coaching staff and drafting a, a rookie quarterback, which we just talked about. Like that's just repeating past mistakes and putting uh, a, a rookie quarterback in a situation where you can almost guarantee that by year two, he's got to learn a whole new offense, which yeah. wasn't fair to Justin, wouldn't be fair yeah. to the next guy. Right. So I'm, I'm of the belief if Justin Fields fails, it's the entire organization's fault. It's yeah. well allowing him to be drafted here in the first place, firing Nagy, firing Pace, bringing in a defensive-minded head coach with a first-time play caller, and then like completely just tearing it apart, like mm-hmm. by making purposely becoming the worst team in the league. Yeah. 
and giving him no help along the way. I mean, it's amazing to go back and look at those wide receivers we watched in training camp a year ago. And even during the season, I mean, it's, it's gotta be one of the worst compilations of wide receivers in the history of the NFL. But that was on purpose. I know, but that's just essentially wastes year two. So they wasted year one, they wasted year two. And this is why, and I'd love to hear you guys take on this too. Like for me, if if Justin Fields fails in Chicago, this is this is this might be the greatest quarterback failure that this organization mm. has had, and th- and that's saying a lot because it's an enormous you know long list of <laughs> uh, such uh, a long list. <laughs> or maybe another way to think about it is it's the one that hurts the most uh-huh. because I still look at him and think he has the most talent. Yeah. Of of any of these quarterbacks, and I'm including Jay Cutler in that conversation because Cutler had incredible arm talent, mm-hmm. and he could move enough, but he can't do the things that Justin Fields can do in the open field, um, which is which is actually at, at a Mike Michael Vick level, um, running the football. And so I just think, you know, to your point, Johns, if if this fails, it's just an epic organizational failure all the way to the start. Because you bring up a great point that like those guys probably shouldn't have been the ones that even, you know, had the freedom to move up and draft them. <laughs> like if you're allowing that to happen, like you give them a couple years, but in it. Go ahead. He, he just deserves better. He deserves yeah. better. I think we can all agree on that. Like his athleticism, his toughness. I mean, to endure what he's endured just even in the last two seasons. Like he just, he deserves better. He deserves a better opportunity. And I don't know that that comes with a new coaching staff here on the Bears. Well, you, you saw Justin after that game on Sunday and like he wasn't head hanging, you mm-hmm. know, hard to the floor. Like he seemed kind of comfortable. Like, hey, I played pretty well. And it wasn't like a, of course he cares that he lost. Of course he's disappointed. But I also wondered in his heart of hearts, like, does he want to move on? Does he want to get out of this? Mm. And he knows that a big change could be coming for that organization before him with the coaching staff. And does he want to go on a third coaching staff and a third offense and do this all over again? Or does he just want that fresh start? Send him to Atlanta, his hometown. And the, the, the GM that drafted him is there. And you got Operdalo. They might have some coaching changes too coming. But, like, don't you just want whatever fresh start that is and say, I believe in myself. I know how talented and good I am and put me in the right spot. I'm going to be successful. I don't know. I'd love to hear the honest answer from him, but mm-hmm. he doesn't seem as dejected as he did as a rookie. I think he knows he's got to go out there, prove himself, and it's all going to work out for him in some form. Yeah, it's a shame. He's such a likable guy. He's mm-hmm. such a marketable guy. Like the city loves him. Kids love Like it's a shame that, he is, you know, essentially ruined here almost. Like, <laughs> and I mean, it's just from the start, like the whole, we, we, we all saw in training camp with Andy Dalton, like there was no shot. He was going to win it pretty much from the start. Um, and, you know, he was pretty good in training camp. Um, yeah. I just, I, I wonder too, if like, he's ready for a fresh start, you know, is he ready to get out of here? Is he ready to, you know, go somewhere where he thinks it's probably a better fit? Um, you know, I don't think like he's been frustrated publicly, like in the media much. Um, Obviously had that one press conference. That was a little interesting that you had to go back and clarify, but yeah, part of me just wonders, you know, he's, he's handled like a pro, but is he ready to, to leave? Well, that's one of Hogue's fears, right? He leaves and he goes on to have a successful career. And, you know, part of me, like from, from, from covering him, you know, who brought it up, Chris? Like, if the Bears keep him and they bring another coaching staff, that's 
You know, it's like the Jay Cutler situation all over again. Mm -hmm. Different offensive coordinator, different scheme, different language for the huddle, you know, different philosophies in a, in a lot of different ways. It could work. Or maybe for Fields in his own career, for his own well-being, I, I think a fresh start might be very appealing for him in, in so many ways. You know how, like, the English Premier League has relegation? Yeah. Like, if, if you, you pick Trubisky over Mahomes... Oh my gosh. You then didn't take CJ Stroud. Then you let Fields go and Fields goes on to be successful and whoever you draft, you screw up too. Then you should they, the Bears should be relegated to the Canadian Football League. Mm -hmm. Like the whole organization should they could be the first American team in the CFL and I you know I, I Montreal just won uh, they yeah. can move up to the NFL. They can they can play an NFL football. You Who's know what argument happened in my, my car the other day? Sorry, Chris, go ahead. Who, who's the Montreal coach? Have the Bears looked at him yet? What's the pro? Oh. Oh, that's a good point, John. You need, you need to make a trip to Montreal. I know it's. You, Does he have you, a book I could read first? Yeah. <laughs> Help me pre prepare. Um, you know what conversation oh, happened in, in my car yesterday with my, my three sons coming home? You know, so I pick them up. It's the first time they're seeing me after the trip to Detroit, and they bring up the Bears game. And my second son, who watches like Sports Center religiously, right? There it is. Oh, perseverance wow. by Mark. <laughs> I have it too. I have it too. I think I even like highlighted stuff and like folded down corners. It's so embarrassing. Anyway, I just love how every chapter ends with him getting fired in year two. <laughs> <laughs> perseverance. <laughs> so John's son number two is of the belief that Georgia could beat the Bears, and you have to explain. Uh, you know that old college, yeah, conversation here, but that's. And th those are like young kids growing up in Chicago to feel that way about mm, mm -hmm. the current state of things. And you try to talk them out of, you know, oh, well, maybe Ohio State or something like that. You make jokes, but it's, uh, it's a bad situation. It's a bad team, but we know this all too well. Yeah. My uh, my son's two and went up to the TV and said Bears for the first time. And I was like, this should be such a proud moment. And I look at my wife. I'm like, man, I feel so bad. <laughs> I just go through all this. This is, yeah. And this is honestly what we're talking about right now. You know, we're having fun with it, but this is what Kevin Warren has to change. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like that's what, that's what he was hired here to do. And that's where, you know, I, I can talk myself into thinking that Ryan Poles will keep Matt Eberflus, but I find a hard, I just, I, I maybe that's why I really think we're going to look back on that fourth quarter in Detroit two months from now and talk about how that was really, the big, the big mm -hmm. moment, because I, I think if the bears win that game, you know, John's brought up the schedule. There's plenty of winnable games here down the stretch. And I think that you could, you could have made that. You could have maybe justified keeping Eberflus, but to, to go on to lose it, even if they finish, I mean, heck I, I, I wouldn't, I don't, I'm not saying this lab. I wouldn't completely shock me if they went four and two down the stretch. Uh, those last three games are very winnable. Yeah. I think three and three is probably way more likely uh, or maybe even two and four, but it wouldn't completely shock me. And I just, even if that's the case, like let's say they go four and two, I find it, I'm trying to picture a world in which Kevin Warren's sitting there going, yep, let's run it back. Even though they won four out of the last six, because I just, all these things that you guys were just talking about, that's, that's what he has to change and keeping status quo it's just it's gonna put 
you guys already know this, what it's like right now when you listen to sports radio and you listen mm-hmm. to you know shows like this. It, 95% of this town has Eberflus out already. Yeah. And I don't know how you win them back over. I just don't see – I don't see a scenario. I know we talk about, oh, there's winnable games down the stretch. What have they shown us that gives us confidence that they'll win even the winnable games? Like I, nothing. Yeah. The, the winnable games that they've won have been with Tyson Bajan. Not with Justin Fields, not with the way that they want this to look, and and it's just disappointing. It's just I don't I don't see a scenario where they're winning more than they're losing these final six games. I just don't. You know, uh, for years we've looked at the Bears through what are the McCaskies going to do and the McCaskies missteps and everything they've done along the way, especially over the last decade. I see it differently now. I, I saw the Kevin Warren hires George McCaskey realizing. I made my mistakes. I need somebody to do this for me and do it better. I'm looking at this through the prism of what's Kevin Warren going to do? What is he mm-hmm. He's spoken of bold changes and innovation and making the Bears represent excellence and everything he seeks for this. I just can't imagine them running it back. Mm-hmm. I, I see this as a different organization now because of Kevin Warren because I think George is fine with whatever Kevin Warren wants to do. I think he's perfectly fine with Kevin Warren's vision and seeing through what he wants to do, and I think George is at peace with the fact that he's not the guy in charge. He's not taking those, you know, pond jumper flights to Buffalo to go meet with somebody wherever it is. Like he's okay with the idea of, like this is Kevin's thing now. He's in charge. I'm going to let him take charge of this franchise. I mean, even the winnable games, if they win those, still won't be against teams over 500. Like Minnesota right. would be one, um, but still, you beat Josh Dobbs. Nothing against Josh Dobbs. He's played well, um, but it's you know not an All Pro quarterback or anything like that. Like. Arizona, they're going to be below 500. Um, Atlanta will be hovering right there potentially. Green Bay, like yeah, I don't, I don't think they'll beat Cleveland. Um, Detroit, I know that'd be the that'd be the signature win, I guess, if they beat Detroit or Green Bay. But yeah, still wouldn't be quote unquote like good wins in my eyes. Yeah, I I, I agree, and it's but you know, it, that's all going. I I still think there's a lot on the line here in these final mm-hmm. six games, but but it almost feels like more for the quarterback at this point. Uh, John's looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual menswear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, 
maybe with a Hogan Johns pull or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Rowan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Rowan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to Roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to R-H-O-N-E.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Anything else you want to touch on? No. No. Right. Well, well thank uh, you, everybody. Do you guys want to hear the voicemails? Yes. <laughs> oh, That's yeah. my favorite thing. You can stay <laughs> on for the voicemails. Thing. Yeah. I'm staying on for the voicemails. It's my All favorite right. thing. Well, let's let's do that then. I, I uh, the the best part about this is we never hear them before. Oh, oh, that's we, we listen awesome. to like like Kent, our awesome producer, handles all this behind the scenes. So we every time we play these, it's it's raw for us too. Um, and I'm just, it's bad that I get especially excited after losses like Sunday, but like it's, <laughs> I think it's therapeutic in some ways. So anyway, these should be epic. Here are your voicemails from Sunday's collapse in Detroit. Hello, do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know. <laughs> Your ass better call somebody. The Hogan John's voicemail. The Hogan John's voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. Go Bears! Hogan Cats, John Zipay, Bob Dabrowski here calling in live from Detroit, Rock City. The Bears just marched and stomped and stumbled and bumbled and steamrolled their way down the field for an easy touchdown opening drive. Justin Fields has regained form, looks like the best player in the NFL again. People have seemed to have forgotten that before he got hurt, this guy was unbelievable in the two games. The Vikings game, not so much, but the two games before that looked really good. Mostly. Anyway, uh, seven to zero bears. We're going to multiply that by a hundred, seven hundred to zero bears. Uh, let's go bears. This is it. Ten and seven or something, whatever the record could possibly be. Go bears, Chicago bears, bear down. Two picks this week. If there's one thing I know for sure, it's Matt Eberflus is a hell of a defensive coordinator. Go bears. I'm sitting here watching the Chicago bears in the first half. And they have two interceptions. Is this the hits principle? Go Bears. I just wish it could be easy for once. The defense decides to show up. The offense, the offense might as well put it on a milk card. It's missing outside of that first half drive. Ironically, that's the only time we can score on the first drive of the game. So 
If that was the uh, case to win the Super Bowl, you're looking at your next 2024 Super Bowl champ. Give all of Jalen Johnson's contract money to Tyreek Stevenson. Fair enough. Hey, fellas. It's your uh, friend, Brendo, out in Colorado. Uh, just wanted to phone in and say uh, I love the way uh, Fiend looks out there. Uh, not not the miscommunication stuff, just the, the stash and uh, and mullet there. It's, uh, it's a good look. Just watch Fields drop an absolute dime to DJ Moore. He's going to look really good throwing those balls in Atlanta next year. Got to say, though, this should be it for Eberflus. Going up six instead of seven again, not going for two. What are we even doing? Bear down. Three freaking interceptions, dude. Are you kidding me? Yo, I don't care how this game ends. It's been awesome so far. Bear down. Someone please teach Eddie Jackson how to tackle again because all I see him do is run from the side and try to rip the guy down with his arms. Is he concussed? I don't know. He sucks. Cut him. Now. Bye. Four or five turnovers and an L. That's got to be a record. Tank, tank, tank. Garbage. Luth should be shot into the sun for that coaching at the end of that game. The only thing that needs to be said after that two-minute shit show I just watched, please fire Matt Eberflus. Chicago, please. All you're doing is contributing to my alcoholism. Thank you very much. God damn it. They had the fucking win, and they fucking got soft at the end and lost it. Matt Eberflus. Let's go Bears. So, uh, yeah, I changed my mind. Flus. Not a good defensive coordinator. Not a good <laughs> coach. Almost as bad as Getsy. Let's get rid of these guys, huh? I think I figured out what's up Fluce's sleeves. Predictably conservative play calling that costs us the game. Oh. Hey, Bears fans. B-Man here. I was excited the entire game, but at the end, all I could say was, What the hell, man? Bear down! <laughs> B-Man B-Man is growing up before our own eyes here He's getting to the the point where he's going to start dropping Adam John's F-bombs if we're not careful (laughs) Kevin Warren, you need to get this thing turned around for B-Man I thought it was coming there I thought it was coming there (laughs) That is so well done And what a roller coaster You guys, what a roller coaster That was insane (laughs) This poor fan base The highs and the lows it quickly Unreal. turned to a lot of bleeps very, very fast. <laughs> um, yeah, that was tough. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for jumping on with us today, spending some of your Tuesday with us. Uh, Chris Emma from 670 Score. Follow him on Twitter at CMA670. Zach Pearson from the Bear Report. You can follow him at Zach underscore Pearson. Of course, Dion Miller, ABC7, ESPN 1000 at D Miller, ABC7 on Twitter. Guys, thank you so much. Uh, of course, you can find us at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns, and our show account is at Hogue and Johns. Find all of our merch and everything up at hogueandjohns.com. We're going to say goodbye for now. We'll be back on Friday morning this week. Of course, Thursday being Thanksgiving. Bears have an extra day of prep before their Monday nighter against the Vikings. So Friday morning, we will break down this game against the Vikings and have your preview. Uh, a little Black Friday episode of Hogan John's coming your way. Hopefully everyone enjoys their Thanksgiving. We wish you all the best. Safe travels as well if you're getting on the road or hitting the airplanes. Um, I'm going to be home for the first time in my life on Thanksgiving. And I'm very excited about it. So that's that's my Thanksgiving plans. But I hope you guys all enjoy time with your families as well. 
So uh, it's going to do it for us. We'll talk to you on Friday. Happy Thanksgiving. We see what was up your sleeve? Or- I don't know. What's up yours? As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.